Welcome, everybody. Of course, I'm taking your calls today. Looking forward to that. Got a lot on my mind. I'm confused about a lot. I'm trying to make sense of things. Uh, and so I'm going to kind of walk you through the evolution in my thinking. Uh, as always, you know, so much about <laughs> the world right now is very difficult to uh, ascertain because the sources have proven themselves to be somewhat unreliable. And there's so many different opinions about so many different topics. Uh, and of course, the the Twitter space, the Twitter, what are what we're going to call it, the, the Twitter files uh, was sort of an in-our-faces example of how information is being filtered. And uh, we were making decisions based on filtered information. That was interesting. That was my original instinct in talking to people that have been filtered out. Is that there's, there's usually information there. And I learned a bit from talking to these people. It hasn't changed my opinion that much. But I learned a thing or two. And I'm going to talk about how my opinion has changed and what I'm looking for in the future. And I want your calls on Twitter spaces. We're out there. We'll get to it right just after this. Our laws, as it pertains to substances, are draconian and bizarre. The psychopaths start this way. He was an alcoholic. Because of social media and pornography, PTSD, love addiction, fentanyl and heroin, ridiculous I'm a, I'm a doctor for sake. Where the hell you think I learned that? I'm just saying. You go to treatment before you kill people. I am a clinician. I observe things about these chemicals. Let's just deal with what's real. We used to get these calls on Loveline all the time. Educate adolescents and to prevent and to treat. If you have trouble, you can't stop and you want to help stop it. I can help. I got a lot to say. I got a lot more to say. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to uh, Ask Dr. Drew. It's a pleasure to be here. Tomorrow we have Dr. Latipo, I think is how we pronounce his name. I've been saying Lapido forever. Uh, turns out that uh, we have some closer relationships than I realized, which is really interesting. I've known people that knew him during medical school. He's somebody I've sort of admired and uh, you know, sort of been interested in from afar. It'll be a pleasure to speak with him tomorrow with Dr. Kelly. He, of course, is the Surgeon General for the state of Florida. Uh, so... Hmm. Where shall I start here? Uh, it's interesting to me, as I said, by talking to some of these alternative uh, positions and opinions that uh, that I normally would hear from and normally sort of interact with in, in developing my medical opinions. It's now clear that they have been um, filtered. I don't know if you guys just saw the post that just came up from uh, Matt Taibbi and Barry Weiss, which is that apparently James Baker was the attorney, unknown to Elon Musk, who was filtering not just the previous uh, sort of um, how things were filtered out on, on, on Twitter, apparently was also the one that was filtering the material being presented to Elon Musk and Matt Taibbi. There it is. Over the weekend, while we were both dealt with obstacles to new searches, Barry Weiss discovered that the person in charge of releasing the files was someone named Jim. When she called to ask Jim's last name, the answer came back, Jim Baker. And he was immediately fired uh, when uh, 
when Elon Musk became aware of this, or what that, they didn't use the word like firing. Look down, look down further. You'll see the euphemism they used. But the point is, I, I don't care. I, the point is that information was being strangely filtered, and by somebody that's an attorney with no medical background, and uh, the news that Baker was reviewing the Twitter file surprised everyone, to say the least. The new Twitter chief, Elon Musk, acted quickly to exit Baker on Tuesday. <laughs> exit was the word. That was today. I imagine. So we'll see what that all leads to. I, I don't understand. I, this is one of the, the first thing I'm confused about. I'm confused about a lot today. And when we go out on the Twitter spaces, maybe you guys can help me. I am confused why free expression is threatening to people. I, I don't understand it. Uh, if it. If somebody says something that is problematic and offensive, push back or delete or block. That's all. You don't have to listen to these people, but to not allow physicians to exchange ideas in a public forum is just bizarre. That's how we, I mean, it's literally the day in day out practice of medicine is about having differing opinions and sort of challenging each other. And the fact that it was sort of the first thing I noticed in the pandemic was this freezing of doctors, then an unwillingness to speak up about anything. And that from the beginning, I'm not blaming Twitter for that. That was us. I think that was because doctors were, didn't, I did not know how many of us were employees and people are afraid of losing their employment. Now, why employers took that position is contrary to proper practice. And we're going to have to do something about that, but that's a, a medical problem, not, not a Twitter problem. So my first, my first source of confusion is why this is so threatening and problematic to people and why you would expect Twitter to fail because of that. And I don't know, I, it, it's, I, I, it's very hard for me to get my head around. Uh, so the next thing is the, where we are with vaccines, right? And the information that's out on vaccine therapy. It's interesting to me that by speaking to all these people with different kinds of opinion, Susan has become alarmed at vaccine therapies, I would say. Was that be an overstatement of your position? No, you're right on. Okay. That is not my position. That is not my position. And I've been trying to sort of persuade Susan that that kind of slow down. And though any of you, any of the other of you out there that have uh, sort of been reinforced in your opinion or have been developing more anti vaccine feelings, slow down, right? It, 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 we do know, as I've said repeatedly, that it is beneficial for the elderly population. I'm seeing it clinically every day. It's helping them. It's changed the whole dynamic of the pandemic in that age group who is the most at risk for dying. We should be focused on them, maybe them alone. I, I don't, don't have know. a problem with that. I don't either. Uh, will that's, there, that's will, who it affected the most. I, I have seen long COVID triggered by the vaccine in people over the age of 60. Uh, I've not seen any real adverse events after the age of 75. Could there be, I mean, as we still have this other problem that I can't understand, which is that uh, expected mortality is up 10% above where it should be. So where there's 10% more deaths per day, in the world, in most countries, not not Africa so much, interestingly, but in the Western world, certainly, than would be predicted. And the UK seems to be moving towards discussion about this, but nobody else. This should be an emergency. It's, it is millions of people. We've closed, we've tor contorted ourselves uh, into all kinds of pretzel positions to, to try to save a million that we did not save. They died anyway. And now we're doing nothing for what might prove to be tens of millions. 
And by the way, we're doing nothing. We showed net. We just some data came out. I tweeted before we came on. Suicide rate is up in young people. We're doing nothing about that. Overdose rate is up. We're doing nothing about that. Uh, mental health, loneliness, depression, anxiety. We're doing nothing really about that. And so these are massively. These are massively affecting people on the scale of tens of millions. We're doing nothing. Again, confusing to me. I, I don't. I don't. I don't get it. But back to the vaccine. So I still recommend it in my elderly population. Could there be a problem with it that we uncover or it's longer term horizon? Yeah, there could be. Uh, I, I published a big piece of paper, a big uh, nature article yesterday. I put it out on Twitter that showed was good evidence about using the vaccine in the elderly population. It, it, it didn't, the paper did not do a good job of breaking down sort of a vaccine, a vaccine and COVID problems as you get into the younger groups. And there was no real assessment that was clear enough that I could see a relative risk, which is the ultimate question. So we now have pretty good evidence that the incidence of myocarditis, pericarditis, and we're seeing other stuff in terms of rhythm disturbances and things in young males. Uh, I would say 40 to 15. That's the sort of the window, really primarily like 17 to 30, 35, something like that is really where the big concern is. And we're, I'm clinically seeing a lot of stuff there. There's stuff happening. I'm not seeing it from COVID. I'm not seeing it from COVID in the elderly, not seeing it from COVID in the young people. Might we see it one day soon? Yeah, we might. And could that, by the way, could that excess mortality, that 10% excess mortality that we're seeing in the Western world, could all be caused by COVID? Yes. Could it all be caused by COVID, by the vaccine? Yes. Could it all be caused by the lockdown? Yes, because nobody's done anything to sort out what it actually is. So my bet is it's some combination of things. It's my bet. That's usually how things work out when, in medicine. So back to the vaccine in these young males. There is good evidence that if we spaced out the vaccine, the initial series, we could reduce some of these events. Why aren't we? Why didn't we? It's not going to really change much in terms of the immunogenicity caused. I don't understand. Why aren't we doing that? And then we're pushing boosters and vaccines all the way down to, I'm seeing babies now being recommended to have vaccine. I don't understand why. I, I don't understand. I, I'm, I'm really, I'd like to understand. Uh, the incidence of serious illness in childhood in a healthy child approaches zero. It's not zero, but it approaches zero. Now, there was a the study that came out that showed that it may reduce hospitalization, doesn't, and let's be super clear about vaccine. There's one thing we all have to agree upon. It doesn't prevent infection and it doesn't prevent transmission. So you're doing nothing for anybody else. There's teachers unions that want it because they don't want their teachers to get infected. You're not doing that. You're not doing it by getting kids infected. So my question is, if there are, people are pushing the notion that there's lots of side effects from COVID itself, which no doubt is true, if you're not preventing infection, not preventing hospitalization, not preventing transmission, why do we want kids exposed to the added risk of the vaccine and the effects of COVID for six months of semi-decent uh, coverage? I, I don't, I don't understand. I'm confused. It just, I people, somebody's got to explain that to me. So I've, I've literally dug in. I've tried to look at the younger populations and the recommendations that they have the COVID vaccine by looking at measles, right? So measles is a vaccine that stop, it's, stops the infection. It eliminates the disease. Not like the COVID vaccine, which gives you six months, 12 months, something. We're not sure. Two, we're not sure. And 85% of children 
not infants, not young people, but children, have been exposed to COVID. They have antibody. And we have no study on COVID plus vaccination. Is that a good thing, a better thing, more risk? We have no studies on that. We have just vaccine. And so I, I started trying to figure out if is what about measles? Okay, so measles before vaccine, best estimate I could come up with was it caused about 6,000 deaths a year in this country. I'm having trouble finding an estimate of COVID deaths in certain age groups, younger, less than five, say. Uh, the best I can come up with is about 500 deaths. Uh, uh, and those were, according to my pediatric friends, not well children, but let's sort of put that aside. So 500 versus 6,000. Is, is it that our risk tolerance is just, is a zero thing in in children? That like There has to be zero deaths before we're going to be okay? That may be true. And, and it, that will help me understand why they're pushing the vaccine so hard. And the, the problem, of course, is we don't really know the effect on children. No other country in the world is doing this. We're doing it. And, uh, and I don't... I don't see the data. I see some data, and I think pediatricians are getting familiar with and comfortable with the vaccine, but I don't see good data that suggests it's, again, the relative risk of, of the infection versus the vaccine warrants the vaccine. And in the younger males, that 17 to 35-year-old group, there was, a, there was a publication yesterday also that showed the relative risk, the relative risk clearly is worse for the vaccine than for COVID. And the particular authors involved were attacked as having had previous sort of anti-vaccine uh, sort of positions and stuff. And I get that. I, I approach all these articles with skepticism, as we all should. It's an evolving, the point is it is an evolving science, an evolving clinical experience. And I don't I just have more questions than anything else. I, as you've seen me ask most of these questions in, in this little diatribe I'm, I'm reviewing here, which is I don't understand why the the absolutely adamant pushing of vaccines in certain age groups. I don't understand why we didn't space the Moderna vaccine for young males. I don't understand why we're pushing on college campuses where there's zero there have been zero evidence that having that age group vaccinated does anything. I, I just... I just don't get it. Uh, it's it's contrary to how I've understood medicine to be. And my fear is that much like everything in this pandemic, there's a weird political energy around everything that if you're you're in one team or the other team and you you're not allowed to look at the data from the other team and that's how people got that's why I started talking to people from alternative positions just to see what the other team had to say. I and and I I get that the CDC has difficult decisions to make. I, I don't understand why it's not more in line with the rest of the world, at least. And uh, if you watch Dr. John Campbell, he's starting to ask very serious questions. And he's he's been airing sort of some of the discussions in the parliament. They've been very good. They've been very good little presentations. No, no one is speaking the truth. Uh, do not get deep into any sort of uh, paranoia about this. There's not a snidely whiplash twirling his mustache with a bag of cash. That does not happen. There is a cozy relationship with the CDC and the regulatory agencies and the big pharmaceutical companies, okay, that may have some influence on motivation and choices. It may, or it may not, but it may. Now let's talk about it. 
The same thing uh, applies to any conversation, interestingly. There's so many different areas where this is all the same, where you're not allowed to talk about things, and that's why I immediately become suspicious. You shouldn't become paranoid. It's not a conspiracy. It's it's much like if you saw day before yesterday, I guess it was, when Matt Taibbi posted the Twitter files, you saw all these people saying the same thing. Oh, how much does it feel, Matt, to be doing the PR for a billionaire, to be the laptop for a billionaire, to do the PR for a billionaire? I saw that quote 500 times, that's five, 300 times at least. So there is something about social media that people, they're forming mobs and those mobs tend to say and do the same thing. And we should be, we should be watching for that. We should be pushing back on that. We should be sure that we're not a part of that. And so what was I just talking about? I was talking about, oh, the, so when you talked about things like, where did this virus come from? You're not allowed to talk about certain things. And I spoke to Matt Ridley on this show, and there's some interesting stuff. And I've been following Alina Chan and want to talk to her. And there's some interesting stuff there. What are you putting up there, uh, Caleb? Uh, like uh, one or five of the 5,000 posts that oh, are the using the same exact PR phrase. PR for the richest man in the world. PR for world richest going. man. Uh, PR for the world's richest man. It's just every single tweet says the same thing. Uh, PR for Musk. PR, uh, lapdog for Musk. It's bizarre. If if you're prone to conspiracy thinking, you must think, oh my God, they all got on the phone with each other and decided what they were going to say. I don't think it's that. I think it's more of a spontaneous mob behavior. I, I could be wrong. I, I, I'm, I could be wrong about any of the things I'm talking about. I'm totally prepared to be wrong. I, the one thing that um, I have been uh, sort of... Uh, that has been a, a positive output, put, positive input from the pandemic for me is it has made me much more humble about my opinions, less hubristic, and willing to adjust and, and really listen carefully uh, and to take my time at forming opinions. Here's Alina Chan. Uh, why is it important to find out if lab leak uh, was suppressed on Twitter to identify mechanisms if they exist? by which legitimate scientific questions can be shut down on this platform and to find ways to prevent this from continuing to happen. That's right. Th that's correct. And you know, you notice that Elon Musk and his team has not gotten to the medical and all that stuff yet. Uh, that will be very, very interesting when that comes out. So there you are. That's my confusion. That's my questions. That's where I'm kind of at right now. I'm sorry I wasn't looking at the restream. I'll look at it right now. Uh... I called Casey Anthony a psycho. Did I call her? I don't think I called her that. Um, I think you I think were. She's a liar, a sociopath. I called her a sociopath, maybe. What was that? I, I didn't. I hadn't realized because I haven't watched it yet. But I got messages that said you were cl a clip of you was in that new Casey Anthony documentary. Oh no! Point. Apparently, I was prominently featured in it. Oh, and I remember well, talking to yeah. the. Yeah, no, we're in it a lot, and we covered the we covered the story extensively. And, and I actually was defending Casey Anthony until I got to know people that knew knew because I could tell there was there's too much going on. Again, it was much like this, much like what we're talking about today, and there was too much going on, and and um, I knew the truth was being just sort of obscured by the mob behavior, and it was you know the HLN group and stuff. Uh, Sky Queen says, confusion equals not willing to address the evidence. No, I am more than willing to address the evidence. Please send me the evidence. The problem is there's as much evidence as you have in one direction, there's evidence in the other direction. And so, yes, I'm more than willing to. I'm every day looking at the evidence and trying to figure out if I can refine my position. What I don't understand is that there's not a, a rush to clarify some of these things that need clarification. 
Uh, Vinay Prasad Ellen has been on the show multiple times. Uh, so anyway, uh, Casey Anthony, um, I was sort of taking on this psychologist that was defending her, and I said, look, she's been lying constantly. Her big thing was lying. And she had previous clinical behavior. So chronic distort, chronic lying, criminal behavior, it's sort of sociopathic stuff, maybe borderline. And I, and I, we just were just, that's all. I, I, there's no such thing as psycho. So I'm not calling anybody psycho. I might've said sociopathy. I might've said that. Uh, okay. I'm looking at you guys. Let's look at the Twitter rants. Oh, there's, Susan, there's nothing on Twitter. What's going I mean, on Rumble, what's happening there? Is it they're there? They're there? You guys are quiet. Rum, uh, the restream is going pretty, oh, it's pretty, pretty brisk. A lot of people. And we got twenty bucks from uh, Hey It. Thank you. He says. Oh, there it is. For some reason, it didn't show up. Uh, there it is. Okay, sorry. You have to read it. If you pay us money, we have to read your question. Okay, what was it? At this point, I'm trying to see it. At this point, I'm left to assume the vaccination push for children is malicious, with the known understanding it will cause massive injury and death. Where'd you go? I just gave that whole diatribe in Twitter Spaces. I gave a thirty-minute diatribe Twitter Spaces, and you didn't hear a word of it. And I apologize. they can hear no, Drew. Well, they could not, hear you. I was not. They could hear that. you because your phone was right next to you. It was just not. They can't oh, hear good. any of us, anyone else. So okay, they heard you. Okay, no worries. So well. you, now you should hear me better. Oh, you weren't plugged Oof. in. Over I wasn't there? plugged in. Of course, uh, well, I did know. not see the Died Suddenly documentary. I'm intentionally not watching it because I feel like it's excessive. I think. It, it, I think. Just showing this stuff and stirring people up is a mistake, I, and that bothers me a little bit. I'm willing to talk to somebody like Dr. Uh, Ryan Cole, who has a bunch of evidence that's concerning, to just understand that there's some concerning findings out there, not to draw any conclusions. Um, Thanks for the cash. Drew, they were obviously a conspiracy. Why were all dissident voices silenced unanimously? The vaccine was only solution to the pandemic. They knew it didn't work, and they tried to mandate it. It's sick and twisted. Julius, I don't think it's that simple. I really don't. People are not. It's it's not that simple. People, are, it's a much more. It was a much more complicated situation. There's a lot of people that were doing their best. the The problem is hubris, certainty, and then this this strange phenomenon, also confusing to me, where people seem to be like like really you're gonna you're gonna stand up to me. Well, I'll show you. That was a very odd piece of this story. And that's what I just called the excesses, the excesses. Uh, Susan, did, I'm sorry, I didn't hear the rumble question. You didn't hear it? No, but just, what was it? Why? No, no, the one you just read. I, I'm sorry, I wasn't listening. You didn't hear it? Here you it is. At this point, it. I'm left to assume the vaccination push for children is malicious with the known understanding it will cause massive injury and death. Payette, 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 I, I think that's a, that's a deeply pessimistic way of looking at the world I, that's I, how i feel i i i i just don't i just don't encounter that it's just not been my not I, all kids are going to have injury but i don't know it's just kind of scary i i wouldn't want my kids to have to get it unless they had to do it for a sport well how about school, yeah, for school like, and stuff travel and, out of the well, country and Douglas like had a had terrible to reaction to it and and so again if we had more if you had more you know, I don't want him to get the booster it. 16 times. That's right. that's BS. That's but, what are we doing? What exactly you know, now what you get are cold, we doing? Common cold when you Again, get sick. I know what I'm doing after the age of 75. I get it. I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm doing with Paxlovid after the age of 65. Under that, I have no idea what we're doing. It's just not there yet. I understand there's some supportive evidence. I, I get it. I've seen it. Like I said, I look at the Nature article I put up yesterday. It was a little convoluted and difficult, but it was sort of it was certainly pointing in a certain direction for sure. 
Uh, and it supported certainly my decision to, to uh, vaccinate my elderly patients and boost them. I wouldn't take but, it if I was a nursing mother. I wouldn't mm-hmm. take it if I was pregnant with triplets. Well, this is the part. This is another source of confusion I would for just, me. I, I didn't drink my entire pregnancy. And you know wow. how hard Woo! that is. Nine Whoa. months. <laughs> Come on, everybody. So <laughs> this was uh, so this was another piece. Wait, oh, you interrupted me with that Sorry, one. Honey. What was the other thing that confused me? Sorry. About? No, but I mean, everybody has their own Shoot. choices to make, you know, and if you personally don't think it's the right thing for you and your body and your children's body, then you need to make that choice. Uh, yeah. Uh, my IED, body, my choice. IED, so foot-long blood clots are normal. Uh, go listen to Dr. Ryan Cole, the, the interview we did with him. I think that was a reasonable interview, talking about reasonably about some. Clearly not everyone is having side effects from the vaccine, guys. Billions of doses thousands of problems then we we've got to figure out who is at risk when it's worth that risk early on let's think about it there's a rush to the vaccine remember it was safety uber alice followed by vaccine uber alice that was the government policy keep safe follow the chinese policy another confusing thing why we were convinced that china and by the way there's still some sort of you'll read in these public health communications you know like fauci was uh, just recently deposed and in there he was sort of talking about uh, an admiration for what the Chinese were doing. It's like, wow, how you can admire what they're doing is too much, too much. They, they are not, It's you can't control a respiratory virus this way. If it worked, I'd be in support of it. If it just worked, it does not yeah. work and it causes harm. Risk reward, harm avoidance, do no harm is our mandate. And boy, uh, for very little. Uh, what's that, Susan? I, I just, I'm watching that thread and people that are disagreeing with you, but Which, Drew's a very what? moderate, um, scientific type of person and he plays devil's advocate with everything. So like if he looks at both sides and then he makes a decision and he's usually right in the middle. So and, and he's not going one way and say it's bad. And then the other way and say it's well, it's I, great. I, you reminded me now what my other source of confusion was. Why is it to, to, this is almost comical to me. Why is it to have targeted populations to vaccinate makes you anti-vax? That is that is the most bizarre thing in the world to me. That's like saying, hey, we should be giving that pneumonia vax and shingles vax to six months old. Yeah. Really? Is that what we do? No, we give it to 60-year-olds. Is it true that they're mixing the mRNA with the shingles vaccination in the future? Because uh, somebody said that on the stream, and I have to get one. Shingrix, let's see what kind of vaccine it is. Uh... I have not thought about that in a long time. Still have to do that. I'm just uh, putting it off. I don't know. Well, why. it's a good vaccine. It's a nasty one. I'll get a pretty. I sad. don't think it is. I'll probably take it and not feel a thing. Yeah. Okay. I'll be fine. Uh-huh. Oh shit! As my uh, mother used to say, "You'll die of something else." Shingles vaccine. I'm sorry to make a poll. A poll on this. It's not. It's not easy to find. I come this from junkyard. Genes. What do you know? Oh, how well does it work? Blah blah blah. Side effects. Junkyard yeah. dog genes. Yeah, I had a nasty reaction to Shingrix both times. Doesn't say. I, I'm yeah, not sure. Yeah, but you you I have reactions to everything. Yes, like I do. That. Yes, I do. And I did poorly with uh, I do poorly with viruses. I know generally. you're making me not want to take it. Let me just go. No, take no, no. It take it. it take it. It's a good vaccine. I have to get uh, a tooth pulled. I mean, Jesus, that's worse. Yes, I agree. Uh, all right, so let's do this. We'll take a little break, and uh, we'll come back with your calls. 
Want to give the gift that keeps on giving? Genucel Skincare keeps everyone on your holiday list looking young and refreshed. And who doesn't need that type of luxury, especially over the holiday season? Genucel has so many products that Susan and I love. Genucel's XV Moisturizer locks in moisturizer on top of the serums, making dry spots a thing of the past, especially great with the colder climate and all the dryness of our skin, right? And with Genucel's Immediate Effect 2 eye cream, you can see the results in as little as 12 hours, guaranteed or your money back. Susan loves Genucel's DFS Vitamin C Serum, the new Deep Firming Serum, as well as the Hyaluronic with C and Lactic Acid, which hydrates your skin and makes fine lines a thing of the past while hopefully preventing future wrinkles from forming. I am a snob when it comes to using products on my face. The dermatologist makes a ton of money from me. But when I was introduced to Genucel, I was so happy because it's so affordable and it works great. I was introduced to the Ultra Retinol Cream, which I love at night. All the eye creams are amazing. People notice my skin all the time, and I'm so excited because it's actually working. Take advantage of amazing holiday savings by going to genucel.com, and you will get 60% off with a special holiday stocking stuffer when you subscribe to my favorites package at genucel.com slash drew and all orders are upgraded to free shipping for the rest of the holiday season we will get it there quickly use code drew at checkout for an extra 10 percent off your entire order that is genucel.com slash drew g-e-n-u-c-e-l.com slash drew economic turmoil has a lot of people wondering what our government will do next will it be more wasteful spending higher taxes how do you protect your hard-earned savings? The answer could be gold. Gold is the world's oldest, most proven form of currency. It's there when inflation soars and when other assets go sideways. And that's why Birch Gold is thrilled to introduce a new product that reimagines gold as currency, the gold back. This month, you'll get a free gold back for every $5,000 purchased when you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a precious metals IRA with Birch Gold by December 22nd. Susan's birthday, incidentally. Birch Gold will help you own gold and silver in a tax-sheltered account. Visit birchgold.com slash Drew to claim your free info kit on gold and then talk to one of their precious metals specialists. Reminder, I do not give financial advice. This is not financial advice, but you can go to Birch Gold and with every purchase you make before December 22nd, you'll get a free gold back. This is a stocking stuffer just in time for Christmas. Once again, visit birchgold.com slash Drew. Protect your savings with gold today. The parallel economy has empowered us to care for our health, well-being, as well as longevity. Likewise, for us pet parents who now have a place to go when it comes to keeping the family dogs, cats, even horses in the best shape possible. As a dog dad, I'm thrilled to be working with Pet Club 24-7, a company founded by two guys who lost dogs to serious conditions, including cancer. Pet Club 24-7 has an incredible array of products, including a line of supplements for humans, such as the Inforce Plus Corollius Versicolor and Inforce Corollius Versicolor with Reishi. My friend and colleague, Christina Ferrari, a cancer survivor herself, swears by it. When I was diagnosed, the doctor in the emergency room told me, you have two years to live. Oh boy. Along with the stem cell, I took these. I have been in remission for eight years now. For dogs, mush puppy treats are a fan favorite. Rex, you want to, oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> you came right. 
Oh, there he is. They are also made with the Coriolis versicolor mushroom, which supports their immune system, according to hundreds of clinical studies. Here's Kristen Ludlow, National Vice President. That strain does matter. We do have the most potent strain, and we also extract it in a proprietary way. And that's why we've been having such wonderful experiences with these products. Mush puppies are made here in the U.S. There are no fillers. It's non-addicting. Your dog can't accidentally overdose. Go to drdrew.com slash petclub247 for a discount off the list price. That is drdrew.com, P-E-T-C-L-U-B-247, petclub247. Welcome, everybody. Sorry, welcome back. Get my ears back in here. Let's... We're trying to figure out, I'm sitting here trying to figure out uh, what is in the Shingrix. Uh, the, somebody on the restream mentioned Zostavax, which is not the current vaccine. The current is a two-parter called Shingrix. It's much more effective. Uh, okay, let's go to calls. Uh, so you guys have some hands up here. Uh, we will go to it. This is uh, Nate. Nate, have some questions. This is, uh, you have to, remember everybody, you have to unmute the mic in the lower left-hand corner to uh, get on the air here. And uh, I'm looking at the restream while I'm waiting for you guys to pile up. There you are, Nate. What's going on? Hey, Dr. Drew. Um, I actually work kind of in the in the tech field, but there's some interesting questions on there. But I've had COVID twice mm. now, non-vaccinated. Uh, got it in January of 20 and mm. then got it about three months ago. Mm-hmm what would be one thing that you would recommend the most of as far as like for to pay attention for long COVID symptoms? Well, there, there's actually two differing sorts of concerns these days, right? One is long COVID, which is pretty obvious when you have that it's fatigue, it's mental fogginess, it's, you know, sleep disturbances, aches and pains, weakness of various type, shortness of breath. That's all the sort of long COVID thing. And that follows immediately on the heels of the COVID. There is this lingering concern that COVID causes something called an endotheliitis, which is a, a, the lining of our arteries become inflamed by COVID. There, there's good evidence that happens in our brain and causes a what's called a microangiopathy. And that's where some of the problems come neurologically. Now, your brain is much more resilient than you might imagine. It ends up being kind of like a head injury clinically in, in point of fact. So very few people have real focal damage. The question though is, is any of that going to trigger something else, MS or dementia or, you know, some other vascular, you know, pathology, uh, autoimmune disease or something? And we don't know the answer to that yet. I, I, you know, I don't know. Susan and I were talking about this last night because we were watching uh, "You're Dead to Me" with Christina Applegate, and I guess she has MS now. And I was just thinking about. I mean, she's this lovely person. She's an amazing person in real life, and this incredibly skilled actress and i thought oh what a pain to, to deal with that and i started ruminating oh, could it have anything to do with covid or anything to do with the vaccine i we don't know this all needs to be sorted out yet uh but i will tell you that omicron which is uh, uncertainly what you had in your second go round, uh gives you pretty good immunity so you can look forward to a, f a few months of good immunity cool all right thank you i appreciate it you got it and the um you know, the other thing uh, is uh, if you do get long COVID, what to do about it? And this is very complicated. We were thinking about getting Dr. Yogendra and Dr. Patterson back in here to talk about some of the stuff they've been doing. As I said, fluvoxamine worked for me. They're using it in Pax Paxlovid for it now. 
it's kind of all over the place. Um, it, it's it's a protein, it's a syndrome and not a diagnosis at this point. And so syndrome means it's a constellation of symptoms that don't yet have a common biology that we know of yet. So it's just, we don't know. Uh, let's see, we're going to get Jacques up there. Jack, Jacques. Now we're connecting with Jacques. Anybody else wants to raise their hand? You'll be streaming out on multiple platforms. Uh, it's uh, Twitter, Twitch, Rumble, Facebook, um, YouTube. Twitter. Oh, uh, Twitter, as I said. YouTube. And Jacques, YouTube and Rumble are the biggest audience. Yes. Rumble beats YouTube, believe it or not. That's crazy. Uh, and that might have something to do with how these things are. Again, this might be some of the boosting versus not boosting and how people are suppressed versus not suppressed. Who knows? Jacques, you have to... Uh, you have to unmute yourself. I'm trying to think how to Did say. Did that it. have to do with Rumble or the vaccine? What's that? What boosting and not boosting? That that had to do. <laughs> no, yeah, that had to do with. What? Are you uh, all from the devil, or yes. are you just talking money? Yeah. Are we from the devil I'm or talking devil. money? I'm We've, from the devil. Susan's from. I the can devil. officially say that. Okay. Are you? No, I'm from. I'm from the light. You from I'm heaven? I'm just asking a question. <laughs> We try to be I mean, from the light. Yeah, Jews from the light. Uh, uh, yes, from the light and COVID viruses and all those funny things are all hoaxes. I wish that were so. so. I, I find it very interesting that everybody can waste their time talking about a lot of shit. <laughs> did you? Did you have doing no good? Did you have COVID? Yourself? Uh, can you explain COVID to me quickly? Then I can maybe answer you. Uh, well, when I had it, uh, I was desperately ill. I was, uh, my blood pressure was down. My pulse was down. I had high fevers. I was short of breath. I was desaturated. Give me a date. Give me a date, brother. Give me a date. That I got that? Christmas Eve 2020. That's when I got it. And oh, and it was dear. and then I responded. I got better with a monoclonal antibody infusion. In fact, during oh, the infusion, dear. I got better. It it so. sounds like I had it two years before you, brother. You may have had something I else. I had it in twenty eighteen. Yeah, I had H one N one in twenty. I thought I had it in twenty nineteen. Yeah, and it was pretty bad. H one N one is a rough one, man. But they didn't really have the tests, you know, at that point. But anyway, uh, anything else, Jacques? Guess, guess, pass. Okay, but uh, yes, there's there's a big question okay. on my mind. Mm. Um, it is a simple question. Okay, somehow I feel that's not going to be the case, but go ahead. Okay, no, no, it's a really, really a simple one. Okay, when when will people uh, be really free? <sighs> That's deep. Good question. We <laughs> I, ask ourselves that I, I every day. I love the question. I love oh the question. Uh, let's struggle with it here a little bit. Um, it's not a simple question, uh, but it's a profound question. What do you think, Susan? When will people be truly You're free? more profound than I am. Well, I know that people that practice sort of Buddhist kinds of uh, pursuits talk about certain kinds of real freedom, and it's freedom from entanglement with desires freedom from social entanglements all these entanglements that we have that, that you can free yourself from that 
Free from I, death? Like I, free from fear no, of death? I think it's kind of like a fear it. of death we have that we're all trapped in right now because we've been I I, I prefer to think about, uh, oh, Tom Cigars, why is Dr. Campbell pissed? What's he pissed about? I, I prefer to think about freedom as sort of... Uh, I'm not looking for Satori. I'm looking for optimum functioning in the world with humans. That's all. And if I can do it with uh, fluidity and joy and uh, unencumbered, I'm in. I'm in. That's all. That's all I'm looking for. So I don't know, my friend Jacques. I, I good luck on that pursuit. Uh, I wonder what Jacques thinks. I I don't. I, I don't know. We're gonna. <laughs> we don't have time. Let's. Yeah. We have to get. We to got the a lot of people that want to come up. Thank and, you, Jacques. Annabelle, I think. There you are. You're up. Hi, Dr. Drew. Hey. Um, I just want to um, speak about something you mentioned earlier. Mm -hmm. You admitted that you were slightly concerned about uh, myocarditis mm. in young men mm -hmm. between, I can't remember the age, 17 I'd to... I'd say 17 and 30. Uh, 17 and 35. That's really the group I've seen yes, a lot sir. of stuff in. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Um, my my question is, uh, you, you said you were happy um, to still continue to jab the elderly. Mm. As we know, the elderly's immune system is weakened. Mm -hmm. It's uh, not as strong. Mm -hmm. Surely if the jab is ca is causing myocarditis in young men, what, what on earth is it doing to elderly people? Well, remember, myocarditis is an exuberant immune response. That's what it's itis, inflammation. And it might, in fact, one of the thoughts I have had is one of the reasons we don't see that in the elderly is precisely what you're talking about. Their immune system is different, and it doesn't react with the same exuberance that a young person's does. And you know, as we know, when the immune system gets overstimulated, it starts to <laughs> starts to hit joints, it starts to hit skin, it starts to hit, in the case of the spike protein, the endothelium. And so I suspect your point, that, that I understand the point you're making, but it's the very reason, I think, that we don't see any of this in the elderly population. My fear is that we might see some endotheliitis down the road that causes cerebral vascular problems or some suppression of immune function. There's some people that believe that happens. Then we got a problem. But thus far, there's really no evidence of that. Okay. Thank you. Can okay. I can I just add one yeah, more thing? Of course. Um, as as a doctor and um, or scientist, I think it, it surprises me that you won't watch the documentary because oh. I think you should. Well, I think you should. Did you did you because see there's a lot of vaccine damaged people in your space right now listening to you, doctor. Did you see the interview I did with Ryan Cole last week? Not yet, sir. No. I, look at that. We cover all this. And I feel like covering it with our peers is a better way to cover it than watching a documentary. I, I just worry about documentaries. I, I never know the choices the people make that are making the documentary. And I, and I don't want that to adulterate my opinion. We get, in, we get into the clots in great detail with Dr. Cole. And, and I, think, I think you might enjoy the, we, we look at all the endothelial linings and we look at the pathology specimens and we talk about what the you know, postmortems are and what he's received and what he's seeing out there. So it's. Uh, can I say something? Yes, you can. I love the part where he said at a fetus under his under his desk in a box that somebody had just sent him. Yeah. He's going to take a look at. Yeah. <laughs> it was like you do. Ooh. Yeah. Craziness. Pathologists are so brainy. This you know? is. They really are. This They're is really Patrick. interesting people. Patrick, there he is. This is Dr. Ryan Cole. We and uh, Caleb, what are you showing? You're showing the just him, just the 
to get people to go there? Yeah, just so that people can go find that. Are at gonna, or do you want to? Or do you want to air? Or do you want to air something? Do you want to air a couple minutes of no. some of the heavier go stuff? Watch they it. can go it's, if they it go. Was yeah. Very well received. We had a half a million views, so people really, you know, they passed it yeah, along. I worry, and, guys, about documentaries. Do documentaries generally have a point of view, and they're they're very. They they make a great case without showing you any of the alternative positions, and that's, I'm not I'm not into that. I, I worry about that in in either direction, in any direction. So and now I, I mean, I, I guess there could be a documentary about what they're finding at Twitter and stuff, but even then, you you would since say I don't know. I, it's kind of like being a historian or using exactly the right. news media for your information. That's like you exactly either right. read the history or you watch you know people say whatever they want to say. So you have to be careful what you... And David Morris, I, I get that there's a lot of sudden deaths. I, I get it. I, I get it. I'm seeing it. Uh, but I'm not sure what's happening. I'm not sure what it is. Uh, this is uh, Patrick. What's going on, Patrick? Um, wow. So this is... Uh, I'm a little shell-shocked. So first and foremost, I've never been on air. So Dr. Jupensky, it is a honor to talk to you you're I doing, just want to say you're doing good you're good what's up <laughs> um so it was in, in recollection on one of the callers you had previously mm -hmm. i mean i don't know where he was getting like the the covid in 2018 i i don't i don't believe that i don't either i i feel i do feel um so in 2019 around november of 2019 i feel like i had caught in covid like i was sick for like yeah. three weeks but I, I will tell you patrick there there were a lot of there was something going around at that time that did look a lot like covid but wasn't and and a lot of people i've talked to a lot of people uh, back in 2020 in the spring of 2020 who were telling me that and i tested them for antibodies none of them had it not a single person who told me they had covid in in the fall had the antibodies but it, it is it is interesting. Uh, it, it's. I feel like the tests weren't. The, they weren't good enough at that point. The antibody tests were. Yeah, ex excellent. They were. They excellent. were. In terms of yes or no, I had they were. The exact they were, symptoms. I understand. You were one of the people. And then I, I didn't catch it like a year later when you got it. So I thought uh, I correct, had but it. you did get Omicron. So I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know. You know I, Omicron. Omicron is probably the craziest COVID. I know I caught Omicron. I've had Omicron it, twice. I was sick for like two. I was sick for like two days yeah and it was like prolific cold sweats mm. and hot flashes mm. non-stop like you have to get up and go to the bathroom and you're shivering the entire time while you're going to the bathroom like yeah that's a fever it, it, right yeah, yeah. yeah it's your body going into fever so yeah it it Every, it affects everybody differently. Right. Like the first very time I had protein. it, it was in my throat. The second time I had it, it was in my, you know, a different place. Like yeah, my, it's oh, the very, first time was very chest, protein. And, the second time and because again, this virus causes all this diffuse inflammation and cytokine activation, all this stuff. Um, it, it's it's quite a protean manifestation. It's one of the weird aspects. It's a weird illness. And then it's, it takes three days to know that you have it after you take uh, well, the, ten tests. Well, that's another thing. The the testing people don't really talk about this very much, but the testing is all over the place. Some people are convert right away. Some people don't convert for three days. Some people convert for you know for four hours and then they go negative. I was again. three days, and the it's second time weird. I had to swab my throat, not my nose, because it didn't work in my nose. Uh, it's weird. Yep. If I may, if I may add, you're talking to somebody who is unvaccinated, and I've I've never been tested either. That's mm. the crazy, like, like you know, the, 
the the narrative of the media was like I should have been dead already. If you know I, what know. I, mean. I know. Yeah, the and, fear, the the I'm I I find the the use of fear that the media and the public health officials used reprehensible, truly reprehensible. And uh, I do not think we should ever do anything like that ever again. It was really, I mean, inadvisable, terrible idea. So, all right, this is... Yeah, I'm uh, almost at the point now of not even testing if I get sick because I don't, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, because you have to sit alone for five days because you have to be, you know, do your duty. Both times I got, I was in New York and just sat there for five days, you know, cooped up. This is Tanya on the line? My life's too short. That is for sure. Hey, Tanya. Good evening to both of you. You as well. Um, I had a couple, just a question real quick. Mm -hmm. I had COVID positive test in August of 2020. Mm -hmm. I've been positive for antibodies. Mm -hmm. um, just the yes and no one. Right. Um, I did join John Hopkins study on the natural immunity of oh, the good. unvaccinated because wow. I'm unvaccinated. Interesting. And um, they did, you know, sent me to LabCorp where they actually give you a number of what your antibody level yeah. is. Yeah. Um, in September of 2021, I was at 33.5. Mm -hmm. um, and that was all. They just kind of got those numbers and they kind of, you know, did their study and I think they published it. Well, I've been studying my own, you know, going back to LabCorp. And it's kind of interesting because it was starting to go down, you know, mm -hmm. since they had done it. <clears throat> but here lately, it's going back up. So now I'm, you know, back up again. So should I interpret that as I've possibly had COVID again or been exposed? Or well, that's that's the really interesting thing. That the whole notion of re-exposure has just it's just not been explored. Uh, right. I, I, we don't know. That's the answer. And and you know, there's IgA and IgG and IgM and there's nuclear capsid proteins antibodies right. and there's nuclear. There's all these different antibodies that we should be producing. And and there's neutralizing antibodies, which I hope that's what they were testing you for. And we have they no, did. yeah, and yeah, we have, but we have no, too. we have no, oh, good. Okay. So all of it. So we yeah, have I no have standardized way of understanding what this all means yet. That's the right. real problem. I mean, the trends are very interesting and I'm glad you watched that. And mm -hmm. to, to answer your question is I, if I were betting, I'd bet yes. That'd right. be my bet. Okay. Yeah. Right. Cause I haven't, you know came down with COVID that I know of, you know, mm -hmm. as far as any positive tests since August of 2020. But it's interesting since, you know, 2020 of August, I still have antibodies. I just had a recent test as of uh, December 1st. It's it's so. all, this is all really important. This is the mm -hmm. stuff I was just complaining about that, that we're yeah. not, we're not on a, you know, reporting this or putting out preprints right. or giving people updates on what are they finding? What does this mean? What should right. we be thinking? The whole phenomenon of natural immunity and natural immunity plus natural immunity plus vaccine, nothing, nothing. Right. And yet that's everybody. That's really yeah. everybody. <laughs> everybody is either natural immunity because they were unvaccinated or right. vaccinated and infected. That's the that's the American population right now. And why we have neither of those populations actually studied is just bizarre. It's really bizarre. It's crazy. Yeah. Well, so, thank you so much for taking uh, me. All right, call. you bet. Keep us posted. That's very interesting. Uh, and if there's new publications, please let us know. We uh, okay. We'll read that with great interest. This is. Uh, hang on a second. Bohemian. I don't see what your actual name is. Uh, whoops. Hold on. Bohemian. There you go. Somebody. Nope. 
All right. While we're waiting for Bohemian, you there? Hi, yeah, I'm here. Yeah. Welcome. Um, just wanted to ask a couple of questions. Okay. Um, first one is how do you know that you had Omicron? There's lots of people in the UK at the moment that are saying that they're ill with Omicron, but I don't know how they know they've got Omicron. So how would you know? Well, if you were not genotyped, if you are not studied for exactly what type was present, when I got infected, so I had Alpha or Delta, probably, I had Alpha or Delta, right? Because I was infected initially when those were the only two variants around. Then I got something again that was very different uh, in a year and a half later, that at a time when 98% of the infections were Omicron. So that's my conclusion. So you don't actually know that's just your no, conclusion? No, it's not been. That's my conclusion from just playing play the clinical picture and the numbers. And by the right, way, right, interestingly, uh, I infected everybody in my family with an illness that was much, much milder than the one that, uh, it was me and my son that had the Alpha Delta variant. Uh, and uh, everything was just, was just different. It was a whole different kind of kind of clinical presentation. Right, okay. And the next question, final question would be, this is something I've never understood. Mm. Why did the tests have to be so invasive to the back of your throat, right up your nose, when we were told about the social distancing and you can spread it from six feet or whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, so you, why wouldn't you just why wouldn't you just have like a mouth swab or a tongue swab? Th there why there are people that desperately find it. Well, th that was the that was the original vaccine, right? That was the original rather testing. Later va later tests did get the anterior chamber of the nose. They were just in the front. Or you could do your throat. People did do that kind of thing. Uh, exactly what technically was needed. I, I don't know, but I do know that most viral swabs do require a high a high nasal swab. I don't know why technically that's the case. That's not something exclusive to uh, Omicron or to COVID. I remember when I had H1N1 in 2010, or maybe might have been even before that. Yeah, I think it was 2010. I, I had uh, H1N1 rather. And I went to the emergency room because I was really sick. I mean, worse than COVID. And the first thing I did was shove that thing way up my nose, and I was shocked. I was like, wow, do you have to do that? And they were like, yeah, that's for these viral tests. That's how we do it right now. So that was that at the time. Uh, let's bring uh, Winston in here. Susan, everything okay? You're running around. Winston, what's up? Oh, how do we get... Oh yeah, it does. How does one get rid of the mRNA and spike protein in their body? We don't know. That's the answer to that. I know of. I don't know. I was. I wish I'd asked Dr. Cole that. I was thinking about that when I talked to him, uh, but I don't know of how how that would work other than time. I assume it just something happens with time. He's going to come back. Oh uh, yeah, we're going to have a part two with Dr. Cole. So that is definitely one of the questions I will ask him. So I promise I'll try to get that question answered. I don't think he'll have an answer though. I think it again. It's it's in the lining of the arteries and the arteries are becoming inflamed as a result. How do you get it out? Your immune system, I guess, has to clear it like any other foreign protein and that takes time. And the, the question is, does it ever fully clear? I don't know the answer to that. Uh, Winston. Wasn't Dr. McCullough like talking about that? Yeah, people have said to me that it never clears. I, I don't know. Something I, bad I, about would, that, like it stays in the breast yeah, milk. They've and... all said it you know, can stay in the myocardium. It can, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know if I buy that. Well, we have to have Dr. McCullough back too. 
Okay. He would probably answer that question. Okay. I, Dr. Malone and Dr. McCullough have getting gotten a little bit... Um, I, I see people getting a little too uh, over their skis, a little too certain of things, and, and I, I caution against that. And some of the things I've been seeing them say lately, I'm like, hmm... Pull back. Everybody pull back. We don't know that. We don't just don't know it. Now, they may believe the evidence is there for them to say that, but please give us that evidence when you say things that are sort of really... Right. You only well, get the sound bites of the stuff they're saying that it could possibly be and whether or not you know, they're sure of it. Yeah. All right. Go ahead, Doug Winston. What's up? <laughs> What's happening, Dr. Hey, Drew? Man. Um, man, you really hit the nail on the head with McCullough there. Uh, I've just been noticing over the past like month or so that I'm like, Jesus, he's like a degree away from nanobots yeah, at this I point. Know, right? Like, I, I, it's, it's wild. It's so disappointing to me. It's really disappointing to me. I'm like, dude, come on now. Come on. Come well, on. That's what's, it's it's really vexing me because I'm like, this guy like had all the bona fides you could ask for. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if it's like I'm playing to his own crowd a little bit and it's kind of ramped up. Or is it? I, so so here's what I think. You tell me if I'm I, I just, I, There is this weird feedback of reinforcement that you have to be careful about. You know, as people. Oh, absolutely. You, you, you hear all these people that are, you know, enthusiastic in one direction or another here. It's easy to get swept into that. Again, back to the mob. We can easily yep. get swept into a mob. Number one. Number two. Uh, you know, the he's probably really frustrated and is pushing back harder and harder. And I think as the kind of the ability to speak up has kind of become more evident, like it's easier to speak up now than it was, say, six months ago, he may not hear himself. I, I hope that's yeah, it. I, I, hope that's I don't know. It. For me, it's just, again, like you're taking a contrarian stance, especially with something like – a topic like you know the vaccines and yeah. whatnot like yeah. you have to just have all those yes, keys crossed yes. any you say one thing wrong it's like oh he's a crank no matter yes. 99 percent of what he says is right yeah so it's it's man i've really because i've i've been on the uh the the side of hesitancy i guess you yeah nice just, well just caution caution let's get this right i would call my position let's get this right <laughs> that's my well, position and that's, <laughs> and that's it but anytime I, I have this conversation with people that are very pro-vaccine and stuff i make sure anything i say is 100 percent bulletproof yeah. because again if you start the one thing proved wrong they're going to just throw the baby out with the bathwater yes, type of thing yes yes yeah that's true um it, it's it's bad that's not my question but that just kind of got me got yeah. me thinking about I it but you. um my question is around the monoclonal antibodies. Mm. And I just saw yesterday, the, I, it seems to me, and again, I'll strap on the tinfoil for this. Um, it, like I said, it's been so methodical, vaccine or bust, vaccine or bust. And the monoclonal showed such efficacy. Mm. The safe track record, I mean, everything looked golden on those. And mm -hmm. they have seemed to have been kind of systematically attacked from the jump. And again, with the tinfoil, I'm like, maybe it's because they're safe and they're working. It's an alternative to the to the vaccine, but at any rate, I just read yesterday that the FDA just shot them down again and saying they're not allowed. However, if I wanted to even get the new bivalent booster, like I was talking to my doctor, and they're like, "Well, you you know have to start with the first two. Mm. and I'm like, well, "So wait a minute, you, interesting. You want me? Yeah, and it's like square that circle for me. You want me to inoculate twice for strains that are no longer a thing before I can get yeah. the third inoculant. It's that's interesting. I had not thought about that, but that's when where's Covaxin? Why can't we get Covaxin? If if somebody wants to give a initial vaccine theory, a series, why can't we do it with Covaxin? I mean, is that the Novavax? No, Novavax is available, sort of. 
uh, and it's had some problems. I, it's not, I'm not as excited. I was excited about that one for a long time. It's as often as the case when you start using it on a widespread basis, it doesn't bear fruit the way you, the way you wish it would. But Covaxin is the one in India. It's the one that Monica Gandhi has been espousing for quite some time. That one is a whole virus. So you get much broader immune response. And she took that herself. She, when she was in India, she took Covaxin. And you could take Covaxin and then take the booster. That would make really that'd be interesting. No one has any data on that combo, of course, but that'd be a really interesting combo. And, now, and, is that widespread across India? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're trying. They're trying. Because well, what I what I understand in India is that they're kind of broken down, like similar to how Canada is, and mm. you know three three regions or whatever, and they all kind of operate independently, rolling mm. up under the same governing body. But I know that in the early days of the pandemic, certain areas went with the uh, ivermectin kind of yeah. you know Z pack protocol. Right, they had these had, packages that they were sent them. Yeah, the Z packs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And they Smart. have like super, super good results with it. But then the other ones that, of course, then you find there's more big money from from certain companies that would benefit otherwise into the the ones that had not. And I, I hesitate to even speak more on it because I, I'm not too familiar with it. Yeah. But um, yeah, I'm not familiar with the Covaxin now. I'm going to have to tumble down well, that rabbit Well, they also waited longer for the Covaxin, right? So it was tested longer? Uh, I don't know that because I know they didn't get the vaccine for a really long time. I mean, it's true. It was later because I have a friend in Sri Lanka. Oh, really? It was using way behind. They didn't get. We. I was on my third, Mm. my booster before they even got the first vaccine. Interesting. So, but the that one probably came out later. It was tested longer. Interesting. Well, these are all interesting and challenging questions that should be answered and why they're not again i i'm so mystified by so much i, I know it's so weird Inertia. it's like my head is like spinning with well with let, let's COVID get your facts it's let's, like, while you ugh. still have your tinfoil hat on let's talk about the the um, monoclonal antibodies i was shocked when i when i first found out about monoclonal antibodies and then was administered a monoclonal antibody and I had, I don't know if you, if you look on Instagram live or stories or whatever, I, wherever I put that up, you'll see a series of Instagram posts, videos from me, sick, telling people, oh my God, I just had an infusion. It was free. The government has bought 500,000 doses and they're sitting on a shelf and you, anyone can have access to it right away. Why isn't the public health community, as opposed to chanting about how you need to shelter in place, why aren't they educating people about how to respond to the infection when you get it? There was. Ne- do you notice that there was never any public education Zero. about Zero. what to do? Should you have an O2 monitor? How, what is an O2 monitor? When do you know you're in trouble? When should you go back to the hospital? What about monoclonal antibodies? And I got universally back from everybody, no matter how frequently I chanted this, oh, you're a special person, you could afford it, blah, 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 free. <laughs> It was free to everyone. It was already purchased by the government. And nobody, remember Florida put, put a bunch of it out and then they and took then they it away. Then, then, they took, then they took it away from them where they couldn't yeah. get it because they dared to give people, remember they had those, they had mobile units going around doing monoclonal antibodies. I thought, this is it. This is the answer. I, you, I'm so glad you brought this up because I'm going to discuss that with the Surgeon General from Florida tomorrow. Do. Yeah, monoclonal antibody mobile units. and uh, Yeah, they were setting up shop and they were literally taking them around to old folks' homes yep, and just yep. deal wholesale. But I yep. know that 
federal funding came in, I, I, I'm sure there was wild rumors about them being equestrian antibodies or something. No, <laughs> no, they from... never, they never did that weird because it never got to the public. It never got to the mainstream media even. So, so they didn't never, have to attack it. Yeah. They didn't they have to attack it. it. So nobody had any opinions about it because they hadn't learned how to pronounce bamlanivimab yet. You know, as soon as they learned how to pronounce it, they had an opinion about it, which is fucking ridiculous. And so, I just saw yesterday that the FDA said, no, no, no. Cause I know the FDA had been fairly against them from, from jump street against the monoclonal uh, antibodies. Correct. What do you mean by and against them? Because they approved them. They've been pulling them back. So it was well, they pull around... them back when they become less efficacious because the you know monoclonal antibodies are very specific, and if the virus changes, they're no longer useful. So okay, that's a, the center point of my question. Then, so is there any logic to the fact that I would have to take the first two shots yeah. to get the bivalent, yeah. but monoclonals? You know what I'm saying? I guess I could you, you better, could take but. it if you get exposed or sick. There is one I think that's still working for Omicron. I think I just yeah, it just seemed odd to me that you won't let me have monoclonal antibodies because that, oh, that's an old strain, but you want me to take a vaccine for the old strain. Oh yeah, this is all the kind of craziness that makes me go, huh? This is yeah. exactly the kind of thing. This is 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 another area. Let's see if I can get for you the one that's working for Omicron. Hang on a second. Home monoclonal nurses. They're still got home infusion nurses all around that are willing to do it. Why see why is this not is it is it a price thing? Is it cuz again like I don't know. It, this this works. It's safe. Yeah, it's be it, I, Beb I, I, Beb to live Beb to live is still uh is still against uh the variant Omicron. B E B E no, B-E-B-T-E-L-O. I remember Beb I used to Telev laugh at you saying all these words. Well, that was Bamlanivimab. <laughs> that, that's a hell of a word right there. I think that's a brand <laughs> problem that they have. Bebtilovimab. <laughs> this is Bebtilovimab. Bebtilovimab <laughs> is still effective. So there you go. Ask your, talk, ask your doctor about Bebtilovimab. They make it so uh, hard to pronounce so that lay people can't like ask for it. Monoclonal it's, antibodies it's is hard enough as it is. Plan. You start making up Dr. Seuss words, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Winston, thanks. You know, I'll, I'll leave you with this. All I right. just finished a book um, six months ago or so that it, I think you'd absolutely love it. It was uh, written in 1898, I believe. It's called The Crowd, A Study of a Popular Mind by Gustave Le Bon. Le Bon, Le bon. Yep, read, it, read, it, read it twice. And I, I brought it out again uh, in the face of all the shit we've been dealing with. I suggest you also check out Extraordinary Popular Delusions and the Madness of Crowds. Uh, and I will tell you, because I, I got, I got uh, worked up about this when I, see, when I started seeing all the narcissism coming, because I believe, there it is, uh, because I believe narcissists have a tendency to form, mob, and scapegoat. And so I started reading about it probably, I, I wanted to put a chapter about it in my book on narcissism and the publisher wouldn't let me do it because they said it was too speculative. And I, and I was saying, there's going to be scapegoating. I know it, it's going to come. And here That's we, 100 here we right, are. But how we odd are. is that? If you think about it, the narcissist only cares about the individual, yet they have a tendency to form groups. Form group, it's how they manage their aggression. And they, it's antithetical they, against the individual though. It's they, they form the group and focus the aggression elsewhere so they don't go at each other. Uh, it's ah. narcissistic rage. Narcissistic rage is destructive. It's a destructive rage, and it's got to go somewhere. And so it's very gratifying to be able to act it out when you can do it with a group and feel safe. You see how it works? I think it was, yeah, I think it was Voltaire who said it, that the further a society drifts from the truth, the more they'll hate those who speak it. And that's probably been misattributed to Voltaire, Twain, Orwell. But it, it definitely seems with these big, large mobs, anything going counter to, counter to the narrative, like... Get the rope, string them up, type of thing. That is exactly what this is, and you know, the the if history is any teacher, it's not until they eat themselves that it stops, 
And so it's what a horrifying thought. Well, you know, thankfully there's not been actual violence with with this. The the violence has been very psychological, passive aggressive. It's affecting people's careers and things. But 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 um, the the you'll notice that it's already starting to happen. It it has that kind of religious quality with you're either you're either you know in the canon and you're adapting it or you're sinner and you're dirty and you're outside. Oh, the sacrament and yeah, right. heretics. And if, but, and but when you're right, heretics, but if you're not pure enough, you'll get taken down. So it's inevitable that it starts to eat itself because people are not pure enough. They're not, you know, they're not they're they're tainted in some way and not towing the party line enough. And that's always the way it goes. That is always the way it goes. Uh, you know, we have to kind of wrap things up here. Um, you guys have been great. Let me... Um, Thanks Caleb, for nerding out. Yeah. Is, was I nerdy enough, Susan, for you? Is that Was that sufficient? Susan wants me to be more medical, if that's possible. I know. Was that good? Did, yeah. Were you able to understand me? You wanted me to talk in such a way that I couldn't be understood. It, the smarter and more confusing you are, the better the numbers. That's how, all I know. How was it today? Good. You did a great job. Okay. You always do a great job. Okay. So tomorrow we are bringing the sl- the man fl- can talk the Florida Surgeon General in here. Yes, yeah, very exciting. So uh, make sure you tune in. Go and get your um, notification off of whatever platform you're on, and we'll be uh, going live at 3 p.m. with Kelly, Doctor Kelly, and Doctor Joe. And on Thursday we have a Doctor Wilson. Can anybody tell me what that's about? Yeah, is that the guy, the debunker guy? I don't know. Uh, maybe I tried to get, yes, I that's tried him. to bring other kinds of the debunker, the guy that was, he's, he likes to nitpick everything you say. Oh, you, good. Remember so you, I want to bring in a different, you told me to book him. Yes. Yes. I want to bring in. Different I didn't opinions. know his name. So I, I'm just assuming that's okay, him. That's fine. Uh, and then we have a, we're going to do a Monday show next week. If we're going to have somebody available. fight you. On everything you've said, had a fight. That we're gonna, you're gonna see how hopefully how we discourse. On <laughs> well, these at least things. he accepted. You know, you can have a YouTube channel and take our video and say all the things that you said wrong. But mm-hmm. it's nice that he's willing to come and let you. You know. Yeah, David Weisman next week. We have just lots of really interesting guests coming up. Um, so stay with us. Uh, Wednesday, of course, is always with Kelly Victory, who has very strong opinions. She would not. Yes. She would not be of the mindset that I expressed today. She We've had a, a lot of great of guests because of her. Yeah, she, and, she, and most she's of the guests been kind behind of agree. the scenes with this stuff for so long. And, and most of the guests so kind of agree with her, and, and I respect her, and I disagree with her on a lot of things, and we you know, we talk to people. We try to figure things out. Uh, it has I been, listen. I I like to hear all sides. So It has been uh, eye-opening to me, and much much way the Twitter files has been eye-opening. I mean, you really... You, you almost and and also the fact that the press has ignored the Twitter files is just yeah they've been very wild. quiet this lately. Just what do we? What is the world we are living in? What and what do we want? <laughs> it's like we need to. I don't know. We need to like etch a sketch. I'm telling you, it's a communist it. plot, honey. Uh, well, I don't know what that means, <laughs> uh, but I know that it's an odd time, and I think it's, we can do better. It's totalitarianism. It's one sided. It's not a. It's not a democracy. Well, you're saying these sort of extreme things. I don't know exactly what you mean. We are we live in a democracy, but the excesses. But if you of shut out excesses, one side, well, then it's not a democracy. But the government wasn't doing that. It was a private instrument that was doing that. And it, it is it, it, the problem is that okay. Let me just quickly say that the First Amendment had been reinterpreted a number of times. There was a lot of energy around the First Amendment after the First World War. It was actually the uh, conscientious objectors in the First World War that were thought to be traitors. 
writers that were pr given protection under the First Amendment. And from there, many, many other uh, sort of refinements of the First Amendment uh, interpretation through the Supreme Court have uh, come over 50 years in the middle of the 20th century. And one of them was that the community, so-called, should not suppress alternative opinions that they find distasteful. So that's what we're into now, where the community is actually doing something anathema to the law, frankly. So there we are. That's not the government doing it, but it is the community doing it, and that is a problem. And we're seeing that that interpretation of the First Amendment was actually pretty good, that by, by suppressing opinions, we're not getting you know, a whole picture. We're not getting to the truth. And that's what we're trying to do here. We want to get to the truth. So It's nice to hear the truth. Well, we're not there yet. We were uh, all quarantined. We were being led around by sheep, like sheep. We had to, you know, mask our kids. We had to hide from this stuff. And it just, I don't know, the whole thing. And I mean, I'm on. glad I got to live through it so I can talk about it to my grandchildren. Yes. And and salty methods, uh, if you if look have at- any. If you look at who was, you're saying the government was trying to, you know, change, the, was trying to censor things. The the Trump administration and Democratic senators, or if it, forget it was congressmen, both reached out to Twitter and did try to muscle them. Whether they actually had an impact, I don't know. We know that the campaign had an impact, so I don't know. Uh, but both guys, both are an issue uh, as interpreted by the Supreme Court. So, well, how much did those guys from Twitter that we met at the very beginning, and you got verified like the first week Twitter was alive? You yeah. had like two million followers overnight. It was like amazing. I had like ten. Um, but <laughs> those guys walked away with billions of dollars. Who are you talking about? The guys that own Twitter that oh, yeah. sold it, Jack. To Elon Musk. Yeah, I mean, they're yeah. they're Jack laughing Dorsey. their way to the bank. Like, well, we'll see. So, uh, Caleb, I have to do the Rachel Hollis podcast in about five minutes. Uh, so okay, you know they're coming here to the house. I just saw one of our our new Who favorites. He always has such great insights. Yeah, he raised his I hand, know. but yeah, I, I, I know. And, please come back tomorrow. And I, and I, yeah, please do come back tomorrow. Everybody, Who's have that? your hands up. Who's He's that? the physician that that engages in very interesting ways, and I, I really I welcome him to the program. I mean. What are you talking about? All right, here's the deal. I'll put him up right now if uh, I see him there. If you deal with the people that yeah, come. Yeah, don't worry about it. The dog's right. a bark. Everybody, right. well, you nobody guys cares. Do you want to continue, Caleb? Oh, sure. Kelly yeah, yeah. It, that's, to I want to see what he has right, to so say. There he is. He always has something very He's interesting up. to You're add. up. Dr. Shabria, you're uh, up because uh, Caleb loves you. So there you go. Hey, it's 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 a pleasure to be on, and I, I won't take up too much of your time. I'm, I'm gratified by the... Um, by the compliments and compliments to you for uh, an amazing show. So Cheers. Um, just a um, couple of just interesting thoughts mm -hmm. because um, you, you made um, and, and the gentleman Winston mm -hmm. right before you finished your book and monologue said something really interesting. And that's something I always wonder. I'm like, why, why can't we give monoclonal antibodies mm -hmm. if we can give uh, vaccines mm -hmm. to an archived yeah. variant? And let's and, see, let's even broaden it out. Why aren't we, as physicians, discussing that? Why aren't we discussing exactly. approaches, various approaches? We're we're, we're just exactly. weirdly robotic. It's just I've never seen anything like this. No, but but you know the, the um, uh, convalescent antibodies, uh, pooled antibodies, IVIG. That's like the oldest therapy before the advent of antivirals, right? Yes, yes, so yes, I mean that transcended time itself yes. so afraid of that 
and we are not afraid of the remdesivirs and the Paxlovids that have very little long-term safety data, right? I mean, that's this. This is not. This should not be controversial. And I'm with um, you. And the 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 other point I wanted to make was, you know, you you, you hit the nail on the head when you said, you know, the the Pete. Uh, McCullough's and the Malone's, they they seem to have swung the pendulum mm. almost proportionately to the other side. Yeah. Maybe detract this side. Yeah. Uh, does it does detract a little bit of uh, from from the validity of yeah. what they are saying? I agree. Just it got, everyone's got to just stay with good medicine. Just stay with the yeah, way you've done but, medicine. If you're if you've, if you've been practicing them a long time, and as McCullough has, and you have a good reputation, and you know how to do it. Keep doing that. Although <laughs> do we do that. love those guys, okay? No, I, listen, well, I, don't, I, I appreciate they came here, and you want to get them back? I'll talk to them. I, I mean, of course, yes. anytime. Please. I mean, maybe they have to do that in order to get attention. So well, that's what I think. Attention. I think they've gotten sucked into the. They don't the have mainstream morass. media to help them, and they maybe sometimes they just have to go in that direction to get you, attention. You, 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 you need to speak louder sometimes in order to drown out the din, right? So mm. maybe, maybe that's what's happening. Maybe. But you know, there's, there's something that McCullough points out that I don't think gets enough, um, enough attention, which is you know the persistence of the spike proteins mm. in the vaccinated individuals yeah. in the lymphatic system. Yeah. Where, where are the studies yeah. looking at that? Similar yeah. autopsies that we're seeing now. Yeah. Where are those studies? I know. I, and what I I've actually been looking at that very issue a little bit lately. And what I'm getting what I'm getting is A, we don't do posts very often in this country, and B, the staining for spike is apparently yeah. very expensive. And so yes. you literally yeah. everyone's got to send their specimens to Ryan Cole, who is committed to doing yes. the staining. And uh, yeah, yeah, that that's this is the this is mysterious to me. And so to to your point, sort of, I you know, I've been thinking about Ryan Cole's interview all week, and I, and I was thinking, you know, does everybody get spike in their endothelium, or is it only certain people? And how do they clear it? Yeah. And you know, what's the yeah. what's the course of of these? You know, what's the exactly. circumstance and course of these? things that they're observing what is that nothing and, and, and you know the the other question that i haven't been able to answer because i haven't read the seventy thousand pages or whatever where is the dead man's handle in the mrna transcription sequence from the vaccine that is inserted that tells the cells producing the spike protein to turn off how well has that sequence been tested in real life. And so you're asking, how does it know when to stop producing spike protein? Exactly. How does it know to stop the I, I, I have no. I do not know the answer to that, and I've never heard anybody discuss it. I, and, I've uh, asked. Nobody has been able to tell me, and I'm like, so how often has that sequence been tested to switch off? Because remember, they say, you know, there's there, there's there's a codon or whatever. Yeah. It's, it's, it's telling the cell to begin transcription yes. at the end. It's, yes. It tells the cell to stop. What is it? How do we know that it's a dead man's handle, which will always stop? And, you know, if we don't know that, why do we presume it's stopping? I, I will ask, uh, I, I will ask around. I'll, I'll ask everybody. I can, I, yeah. I, Kelly Victor may have an opinion about that. I'll, I'll, I'll ask her. I just and, put Ram. Who? Ram Yagendra. Oh, good. There, the there's 15th. these, you promised me you'd deal with this. So good luck. Right. Uh, I gotta so. get the door. So the the other thing is um, oh crap I lost my train of thought the RNA turned off oh I I, I don't believe that uh, McCullough and Malone have been pushing hard on this reverse transcriptase thing based on that one in vitro study or two in vitro studies I, now I'm not so sure I, I, don't that, 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 I don't buy it I don't buy it I don't buy it it sounds too far fetched 
And uh, okay. before I, I let you go, the Covaxin answer, I can tell you, my family, I, I had my dad take Covaxin. The problem with Covaxin was India screwed up. They didn't put in enough contracts for Covaxin manufacture, and uh, the, adenovac the adenovirus vector vaccine was more available than Covaxin. It was impossible to find it. And I know- So there you I go. So we just, it was a manufacturing issue. It was a manufacturing issue. They really did not Well, but but you know what? Well. But I, that that being, what is your first name, by the way? Do you mind? Shivan. Yes. No. No. Not at all. Shivan. Sh yes. Spell it for me. Sorry. S H I V E N. Shivan. Uh, so Shivan, uh, why though didn't the FDA approve it? That to me was the weird part. Uh, that that is the million dollar question. They 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 applied and yep. uh, for an IND in the yep. U.S. for adult, and yep. I believe they applied for a pediatric indication as well. Mm. And I was really hoping because again, it, for a, a virus like a coronavirus that's so prone to uh, to mutations with or without the burden yep. of uh, of of your immune system. Mm. The, the broadly neutralizing antibody response that you will get from a whole virus vaccine, at least to me, would make more sense than a very directed, uh, a, a narrow spectrum antibody response yep. that's, you know, that the spike protein derived vaccine is giving you. Um, and hey, the side effect favor. profile is call, different. Call in, because you and I are pretty much aligned in our thinking. Call in on Thursday. when I, I'm, We're going to go earlier on Thursday. We're going to go at 2 o'clock instead of 3 when I have this uh, debunker guy in here, apparently, who says we're we're not getting it right, uh, and I'm happy to hear why I'm not getting it right. So let, let's we'll Sounds talk good. to him. All right, my friend, thank you so All much right. for coming in. All right. Thanks so much. Okay, bye -bye. take care. All right, everybody. Now I got to go. We have our uh, Rachel uh, podcast. They're here. not here yet. That was oh. the that was um, Amazon. Oh, how about the guy walking up the driveway well, uh, with the boxes? Caleb's laughing. Also, there's there <laughs> to mention that I just got a text that said that we've confirmed for December twenty. First, it's Lieutenant mm -hmm. Colonel Teresa Long is going to be on the show. So we have, we have a lot of great, interesting guests coming up. Yes, yes. A lot of interesting people. We may actually, I don't know, we may start doing more stuff on the Tuesday and Thursday also in addition to just talking well, to you maybe. guys. Yeah, we'll see. see. But listen, I appreciate you all being here. I'm trying to keep we up got, with you. We got Dr. Ram Yogendra and Bruce Patterson from the covidlonghaulers.com next Thursday. Great. So they they have they said they've been um, having a lot of their evidence suppressed and they want to talk about it. Like what they found. Why? It's so I know weird. they're having a hard time. What is going on in this country? Am, what? Where do the I live? Bureaucracy is just bullshit. Where you, do Drew, I live? You've been in medicine for a long time. When was it ever fair to doctors? When? You, that was always the insurance companies yeah, and the, same people, and the same state shit. regulators. That was always yeah, that. Yeah, and it's like this is different. This is I don't know what this is. I, 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 well, you know, and you you work so hard and you and you try to make a difference, and mm. then you just get the door slammed in your face. Mm -hmm. Just it. it Feels terrible, mm -hmm. but he he reached out because I, I guess we talked about him and okay um, good, well he'll be on next Thursday uh, again we'll be in tomorrow at two three with Doctor Victory and on Thursday at two, and this is again Doctor Latipo, uh, which I'm really looking forward to speaking to him. So until then, take it easy, everybody. I appreciate the restream. I appreciate the comments. We're watching you on the rants. Uh, Susan, yeah, is thanks for your viewership. Everybody who's out there, we're we're really happy to have a lot more viewers and people watching the show and it, it feels really odd and we love it, but, um, well, we're trying to get to the truth you care. And, and this mm -hmm. show as Susan invented this thing with Caleb. And as long as you've been doing it, the, the whole thing has been to try to 
be like the French underground, to try to give you the truth, to try to get at the truth, to try to say the things that other people aren't saying in case it gets us more yeah. to deeper well, understanding. Well, I want to hear from McCullough. I want to hear from the people right, that have bring been silent. I'll, I'll talk to him. I want to hear everybody's opinion. It doesn't mean we agree with everything, but you got to hear it because, yep. you know, we're documenting it. We're documenting time. Like I looked at a video that somebody took off our YouTube with Dr. Zelenko from 2020. And I w he was saying exactly what was coming and he yeah. was right and they yeah. censored us on youtube so you know it's not up on our it might be on facebook or something but it's really hard to find and i was watching it and i went you know this guy had it going on he knew exactly what was, was going to happen and super smart guy i wish he was still alive but um it's good to document this we may be wrong at times but we're willing to admit it you know if it comes along we're not trying to do anything to hurt anybody we're just trying to get the word out so and right. I love Dr. Kelly Victory. That woman Twitch, is my man. Somebody on Twitch just said Susan is brilliant. Or Susan is, yeah, something like that. Let me see. Susan Thank is, you, honey. Yeah. Now, I have weird epiphanies at five in the morning with my first cup of coffee. And then I make a decision. And, and it, Andrew always goes, I don't know. I don't know if we should. And I'm like, we're going to do it. Oh, I, I'll follow. I'll follow you in. We'll, we'll, I'm, I'm interested. Drew's so. always afraid, you know. Yeah, but I'll take your word for it. I, we I, take shit from people, but I'm getting used to it. Like whatever. All right. It's not as bad as it used to be, though. Whatever. It's a lot Good better. word to cultivate, everyone. Just cultivate that word. Whatever. It's a, it's very useful. <laughs> and uh, again, I gotta go. We'll see you guys uh, tomorrow at three. Ask Dr. Drew is produced by Caleb Nation and Susan Pinsky. As a reminder, the discussions here are not a substitute for medical care, diagnosis, or treatment. This show is intended for educational and informational purposes only. I am a licensed physician, but I am not a replacement for your personal doctor, and I am not practicing medicine here. Always remember that our understanding of medicine and science is constantly evolving. Though my opinion is based on the information that is available to me today, some of the contents of this show could be outdated in the future. Be sure to check with trusted resources in case any of the information has been updated since this was published. If you or someone you know is in immediate danger, don't call me, call 911. If you're feeling hopeless or suicidal, call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 800-273-8255. You can find more of my recommended organizations and helpful resources at drdrew.com help.